For 40 years, Sandals has been crafting escapes of five-star luxury and romance throughout the Caribbean. Our new Palmcast takes you inside our five-star resorts with exclusive insights and stories you won't want to miss. Come explore the future of luxury-included travel and the best of the Caribbean. So kick up your feet, get some shade. This is the Sandals Palmcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Sandals Palmcast. I am Randy West, and we are here in beautiful Sandals Royal Curacao. And the, well, the, my special guest today, really, she, you can introduce yourself because you say your name far better than I could ever say it. So, Randy, well, thank you. I'm Giannina with the Curacao Tourist Board. All right, well, let's start there because see how she says Curacao is different than how I, Americans say Curacao. So let's just go there because I've heard a lot of different pronunciations. Correct, yes. So talk a little bit about that. The island, I mean, the destination Curacao, not Curacao, <laughs> Curachoa, Curacao. We've heard it all before. Curacao. Curacao. The C has a sedia under it and that makes you pronounce the C as a S. That's why we say Curacao. Well, and I was talking to you before we started today's Palmcast that when I was describing to my dad, because, you know, when you tell mm-hmm. your dad you're going to be traveling and I'm going to go and he says, where are you going? And I said, I'm going to Curacao. Where's that? And yep. I, I hear that a lot because it is an exotic destination for many. And this is, of, co- of course, the first footprint for sandals in the country of Curacao. So uh, let's talk about that. The ABC Islands, because everyone kind of under maybe understands that or maybe they don't. But do you want to explain that for those of you who are geographically challenged <laughs> who are listening to the Palm Sure. Cast? So Curacao is located in the Southern Caribbean. It's all the way down south, right off the coast of South America. And we're nestled in between the A Island and the B Island, Aruba and Bonaire. That's why we're called the ABC Islands as well. We are part of the Dutch kingdom. So similar to Aruba and Bonaire, we're also part of the Dutch kingdom and we hold a Dutch passport. So we we have ties to the Netherlands. We were formerly part of the Netherlands Antilles. That's how most people knew us before. But in 2010, the Netherlands Antilles was dissolved and Curacao became an autonomous country on its own. So I guess that's the reason why a lot of people are not very familiar with the country of Curacao, because it is also very new. Well, and I've been here before previously, and I will tell you that I have traveled extensively, obviously, for the Palmcast, and it is a, it's a different and a very exotic destination, as we talked to G here from the Curacao Tourism Board. I've been really trying to explain this in words and quantify for those listeners about Curacao, and it's a difficult thing to put into words, so I'm hoping that you can, because it's special. It's different. It is all of those things. And so maybe you'll have a better description than what I have. It is all of those things together for sure. And what makes it special is we're not just, we're in the Caribbean. So we have the sun, sea and sand, you know, like other Caribbean islands have. But in addition to that, Curacao also has this amazing heritage and culture tied to it that you can't find anywhere in the world. To me, just knowing that we have over 50 different nationalities here, you know, that all work together, come in, you know, they harmonize and you see that back in the food, you see that back in our traditions and things that we have on the island that are very different from the rest of the Caribbean per se. So it's all of that and beyond, I kind of feel like it's it's a feeling that you have on the island that I can't even describe. It's really you difficult. Know, it's, but when you come and you experience Curacao, it's different. It's different than the other Caribbean islands, for sure. Well, you talked a little bit about tradition of mm-hmm. Curacao. I want to talk about that because you're born and raised here. Yes. So talk a little bit about yourself. And you were born here. And then talk a little bit about how you came back to be here. So I was born on the island. Um, first couple of years, I was raised in the U.S. with my parents. They went to school there. But from my fourth year on, I went to elementary school and then high school. I did my college here, decided to study hospitality and tourism management. After that, I went to FIU in Miami. And from there, I met with the tourism board. And I actually started my career as an intern working for their Newark office 
Following my graduation, I started working uh, as the sales and marketing coordinator in the Northeast for the North American market, basically promoting the destination, you know, getting people to come down to the island. And to me, that was the best job in the world because I get to work for my country and tell people about Curacao. And I had the same thing you had with your dad. You know, I would tell people, oh, you know, I'm from Curacao. And they would literally look at me and tell me, what is that? What is that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, like the feeling of explaining to somebody or where you come from and opening their eyes to this completely different world that nobody have heard about. Over the years, um, I've spent nine years in the U.S. Over the years, we have noticed that we're getting less of that, oh, where is that or what is that to, oh, I've heard of it. And to me, that kind of tells us that we're doing a great job to letting people know that, hey, we exist. That brand awareness is, you know, starting to, to pop up and people are recognizing that they know it's an island. They know it's in the Caribbean. They haven't been before, but they have heard of it. They have heard of it. So yes. tradition-wise, you talked a little bit about that as you were, you know, raised, born here. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of those traditions that are unique to Curacao? Oh, so tradition. I mean, there's so many different things. We can go into some of the cool traditions during the um, year end, for instance, or Christmas is our music, our tambu that we play here. And the tambu is an African rhythm that we beat on drums. And it's a moment that you can just let go and try to let go of everything that either went wrong during the year or that you don't want to take into the new year, you dance it off. And that's one of the cool traditions that I love. And I always participate because you want to dance off all the negativity and then start the year fully fresh. I want to come down and dance for (laughs) New Year's, that's for sure. I know there's some Dutch, unique Dutch uh, traditions as well. What, talk about some of those. So for the Dutch traditions, I mean, there's um, so many things, uh, you know, weaved into our, our our culture as well. Food is one of them. You get French fries all over, but the Dutch <laughs> French fries yeah. with the Dutch mayo is the best. We celebrate King's Day on the island as well. You know, everybody dresses up in orange and, you know, supports the, the Dutch monarchy, obviously, because we're also part of that. Haring eating also. Haring is, a you know, the raw fish that they eat with. Raw oh, really? onions. Okay. We have festivals for them on the island that you could come in and join experience. in and experience wow. that. Yes. So the question I always get asked all the time is, when's the best time to come? Because people always say, I'm sure that's probably yes. the biggest question that you always it is. get. And I always tell them anytime. It is a year-round destination. It's a year-round destination. And the great thing about our location, because we're so south, we're actually on the outer fringes of the hurricane belt. So that means we have great weather year-round. I mean, it has been absolutely gorgeous Mm -hmm. since I have been here. Perfect. So, okay, what are some of the new experiences that maybe if people have been before, maybe they haven't been in a a minute because, again, the the world's been strange for the past couple of years. Well, the world's been strange, and I kind of see it as a blessing and a curse at the same time. During the pandemic, there were so many restaurants that popped up, opened, you know, people that started doing workshops, cooking classes, yeah, painting classes. Yeah, there's a lot classes. of new stuff. There's a lot of new things to experience in Curacao. You know, like you wouldn't have thought that we were on lockdown or had a pandemic shutdown that we didn't have tourists coming in. Things have just moved along really, really nicely. And if you haven't been to the island in a few years, you come back, you're not going to recognize this because it, there's so many new things to do. Well, I didn't understand the deep, rich history uh, downtown. Like when you go to de- the downtown area yes. and the, there's cannons and even the <laughs> fort and like the whole, so talk a little bit about well, that. Yeah, there's the fort. I mean, obviously our downtown area was very historic and significant for the island. We have a natural deep harbor and that's why, that's one of the reasons that the Dutch also chose Curacao because of our harbor and our proximity to other you know destinations and countries. So when the Dutch set up camp there, obviously they had to create a fort to defend their harbor. We were attacked by the British. The French wanted us. There were battles happening for this little piece of rock because of the harbor and, you know, the the significance of it. But then when the Dutch finally settled and 
built Willemstad. If you kind of walk downtown, it kind of looks like Amsterdam a little bit. It totally feels like a European country. It there does. is no doubt. So the buildings were built in the same same way, you know, shape and format as Amsterdam. They're very narrow and tall. And why is that? Because the Dutch used to pay taxes on the width of the buildings. Oh, really? So in order for them not to pay too much, because kind of know they're a bit stingy not to pay too much, they would make their buildings narrow and then go up. So we had our area starting to look like, you know, Amsterdam a little bit, but these buildings were all painted white. You have to imagine seeing all of those buildings white next to each other. And the governor's mansion, which is right next door, he would complain. We had a governor, Governor Albert Kickert. He would complain that the glare of the sun on these buildings would give him migraines. Oh, so for years he would say that and then he made an he ordered everyone to just paint their buildings in their favorite pastel colors. Is that really how it became? That's the story. The story of the colors. Wow. It was not after until he passed away. They found out that he actually had shares in the local paint company. Oh, (laughs) well, now it's all making sense. I mean, politics. Politicians will be politicians. (laughs) That's all I'll say. But thanks to him and his migraines that he used to have, we now have this amazing, colorful downtown area that is unlike anything else in the Caribbean. It's really, truly unique, as we've, you know, talked about here on the Palmcast, that it's just a different experience. It's a feeling when you come here, the environment and the atmosphere and the culture. Yes. Uh, We got to talk deep about the food, the food of Curacao. My favorite topic. (laughs) uh, I mean, there's just so much to, to experience here there is let's start with what really the island is known for mm-hmm. uh, because I, that's the one thing I did when I came and that is Blue Curacao Blue Curacao yes. so talk about that and about its history its history so we got to backtrack a little bit because Blue Curacao actually started with when the Spanish came to the island so Curacao was I don't want to say discovered because we were already here and we had Indians the Spanish landed on Curacao in 1499 they were seeking gold and silver in the new world they came to Curacao, they saw the Indians, our inhabitants that we had at, at that moment, the Arawak Indians, which were very large, and they used to call us as Islas de, de las Gigantes, the island of the giants, because they were so big. So in their search for gold and silver, they started settling, they brought in their Valencia oranges to plant them on the island, things were going well. Little did they know that the island does not have a lot of rainfall. It's a very dry island. So they brought in all of these Valencia orange trees, planted them, but they didn't grow. And then you've got a problem, friends. Then you have a problem. But not, not only didn't their oranges grow, they didn't find gold, they didn't find silver. So they changed our name. They said, oh, this is the useless islands, las islas inútiles, and just packed up and left. And left us with all of those Valencia oranges trees <laughs> that didn't have oranges. So later, one of the plantation owners that had these trees on his plantation noticed that the fruit that was growing from these trees were like this smaller brown looking lime kind of fruit. It was very bitter, so you couldn't eat it. But from the skin, when they would fall off and break off from the skin, there was this very nice orangey aroma coming from it. Back in the day, for some reason, everybody was into making liqueurs. So he extracted that, or the family extracted the oils from the skin and created the first Curacao liqueur. Now, the original liqueur is clear in color. There's oh, really? Added okay. To it. Okay. But he was so proud of his liqueur that he said, I am going to bring this to the world. So they participated at, I think it was a competition in France. He brought out his Curacao liqueur and he wanted to do something different. So he added blue food coloring to it because the blue reminded him of the oceans of Curacao. And because he was so proud of it, he named this liqueur Curacao of Curacao. He actually won Best Tasting Liqueur. 
But little did he know, you can't patent a country's name. So everybody who was at that competition decided, you know what? We're going to make Blue Curacao. <laughs> oh, wow. So that's why you do see Blue Curacao all over the world, you know, with big companies like uh, Bosch, De Kuiper. They all have it. But it's not the original one. The original one is still made on the island of Curacao in their old copper kettles. Still the old-fashioned way. Family secrets with their spices. They're not divulging that to anybody. How interesting. And if you want the real stuff, you got to come to Curacao. Because it's bottled in a very special bottle as well. That's round in shape. And the texture of it kind of has the texture of the La Raja fruit, which is what they make the blue Curacao from. It is really, it's it's something unique and special it is. to Curacao. So let's jump to food now because <laughs> I know that we're like, we've talked about the famous liqueur that comes from here. So really, what is the, the cuisine of the island? Majority of our cuisines are stewed. A lot of stewed beef, stewed goat, stewed chicken. But one of my favorites that I really want to talk about is stuffed cheese. Stuffed cheese is from here. Kishiyina. Yes, that's the, that's what we call it. So the story behind the Kishiyina for Curacao is it's stuffed Gouda cheese. The Dutch would come into the island on ships and bring in their wheels of cheese, obviously. But that journey took a long while from Europe to Curacao. So by the time they got to the island, the cheese was moldy. And what would they do is cut off the moldy scraps and give those to their helpers, their slaves, whoever was working for them in their household. But what I love about people from Curacao are so resilient, like we'll make good with anything. So they took these scraps, these moldy cheese scraps, and put them together with whatever spices or, you know, leftover uh, meats, vegetables that they can find and created this dish where they combined everything together, covered it with cheese and would melt the cheese around it. I think you had me at cheese. I, I mean, know, I mean right? this, this is amazing. It's so high in calories. But That's okay. You're on vacation when you come best, to Curacao. <laughs> it's the best dish you'll have. So today they make it for special occasions. You know, if you have a wedding, a birthday party, Holy Communions, that's where you're going to get the kishi and to try. Some restaurants, local restaurants also offer it on their menu, but it's so delicious. So imagine chicken and different spices with vegetables. I think they even add some raisins so you have that sweetness to it and melted cheese around it. So, so delicious. Sounds like I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. <laughs> sounds like. Uh, so we've talked about the culture. Uh, I really want to touch on the arts because it is a very colorful country, which we kind of touched on. Mm -hmm. But the arts here are just so prevalent. Talk a little bit about that because you see art everywhere. everywhere. Yes. And we've had a surge of murals as well, and especially in the downtown area. So downtown is comprised of four districts. You have Punda, that's where you have the Handelskada, which is the most famous, you know, row of buildings that everybody sees. Otrobanda, which is right across the bridge, literally means the other side, and that's connected by the floating bridge. There's the Pitermai area. Now it's home to a lot of great restaurants. And then Scharlo, which is towards the back. Uh, that was uh, previously the district where a lot of mansions were, where people were living. So over the years, some of these districts were, you know, kind of abandoned. And in order to bring life back into, you know, the different districts, they started in Otrobanda, for instance, they would create these different murals to bring people out back into the community and the neighborhood to, you know, just walk around, look at the art. And we've worked with so many different local artists, but also international artists that have come and contributed their art to creating these beautiful, beautiful scapes all around our downtown. It um, is truly beautiful. That's, is. again, something else you have to, like, see to be experienced here in Curacao. It is. And bringing in, you know, these vibrant colors matches again with, you know, our colorful downtown. So it doesn't feel out of place. It feels like it's it's 
part of the downtown now. What do you love to do here in your time off? Like, how do you spend your time? Oh, I go to the beach. I mean, I, we have 35, over 35 of them. And I, you know, I still haven't been to all of them. Really? And she was born here. I so that here. I'll tell you, there's plenty to do yes. here. Yes. The cool thing about the beaches is most of the beach or most of the public beaches are on the western side of the island. Those are also my favorite. You could take a car, drive out, go to one in the morning and then go to another one in the e- afternoon. You it's- can go beach hopping. You could you can go to a different beach every day when you're here. And remember, like, I haven't been to all of them. I still have about 12 left on my list. <laughs> well, I know what else you but- have to do today then. <laughs> That'll be this afternoon. She'll be beach hopping. Yes. Th- thank you so much for talking to us. Gia from the Curacao Tourism Board. If you could, obviously, the Sandals Royal Cur- Curacao is now open. It is, yes. Um, and we are so excited for it as well. You were on property for the very first time, you said, earlier this week. Correct. I just had a site inspection done um, this past Monday, so we were able to see the rooms and all of the renovations and your first impression amazing it's absolutely yes. stunning and it's it's the perfect fit for the culture of the country which i think is so important so it is, it is thank yes. you so much for joining us today on the sandals podcast appreciate it and thank you for the history lesson today you are very welcome don't forget to subscribe to be notified when the next series drops and remember love is all you need because everything else is included